Welcome to another episode of With Stone Army. I'm Luke Velasco. We're back. We've got a fantastic episode for you today. And I'm joined by, our, by Tony yet again. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. You've been on TV uh, yet again today. You're all over the place these days. But Tony, um, we've, got, we've got some really important things to talk about today because there's been a lot of things in the market uh, talking a lot about you know potential freight recessions and all these things. And, and we're going to take a look at a lot of the supporting indicators for that. Um, and what that looks like. Um, now, I think when a lot of folks hear the term freight recession, it's kind of like, oh no, like every, you know, everything's burning to the ground. That's not the case, right? You know, it's, it's really a period of, of maybe correct, correction. Um, but Tony, before we get to any of that, you know, how, how are you doing today? You still kind of keeping up with Marsh Madness? Or you, have you moved on? I was moved on before the Final Four or the National Championship. I actually fell asleep during the National Championship. I had moved on to the Masters. So that's, that is my, like, great. this is my weekend, so. Well, I'm glad you were able to move on. Um, you know, it's exciting. It's very exciting about, uh, you know, when, when I think a lot of those changes happen. I'm a big, I, I've gotten really into formula, so that's kind of where I'm, I am these days. So we'll, we'll see where that continues. But, um, Tony, just for, for folks that may not be aware, you know, when you hear the term recession, I think we, see, we tend to think of things as, you know, doom and gloom, everything's going to an end. And while there definitely can be some pretty heavy areas, right? We all remember the economic recession of 2008. That was very heavy. But, you know, how, in terms of recession, in terms of an economic recession, let's just start there. How is that actually defined? Yeah, so an economic recession, you're thinking two quarter, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So obviously the economy's shrinking. Right. If we change that over to freight, it's negative growth in volumes for two quarters. Right. Same kind of concept. And what we've seen is these volume levels. Right. We've seen a sharp decline in yeah. March, and it's kind of carried that momentum into April now. That's right. Absolutely right. So, so that's kind of the big thing is it doesn't have to be a multi-year thing. It can. It can progress for a long time. And that's obviously a prolonged recession can be, can be quite heavy. But two quarters. So we've already seen volumes for you know, decline in Q1. So the question really remains is if we continue this decline in Q2, where we currently are and maintain that through the end of June, it'll be a recession yeah. by definition. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, you look at the first quarter you've got, obviously you have volumes impacted by, well, Chinese New Year. Typically, yep. we didn't really see that impact show up that much in our uh, truckload volumes. You have, obviously, right after the holidays, you still have that that kind of lagging uh that lull in freight volumes right. like, for that first, say, week after the holidays. But really, March is typically pretty strong, right? When right. you think about where freight volumes are in the country, it was anything but strong. I mean, yeah. it was as weak as and soft as we've seen yeah. really since, I mean, the decline since 2018, decline into 2019. But I mean, you look at where we were in February of 2021, right before the winter storm, we're kind of on that same pattern. Yeah. So that loosening, softening trend is is really taking hold. Yeah. From, from a growth perspective, really this past month of March was the worst month we've had in two years. It wasn't really until the month prior, you know, March of 2020 when the pandemic hit, we had a worse month from a, from a growth perspective, at least, or, or a volume change. I think we saw volumes down currently approximately 12% year over year. Um, so, so quite, quite, quite significant there. Nothing's going to zero though, right? But definitely extreme and that's going to cause a lot of softening. Let's go ahead, just, just for the folks that are viewing here who are new, let's go ahead and throw this volume chart up on the screen, uh, for folks to be able to see. So, you know, just to explain what we're looking at here, blue line 
is year-to-date truckload volumes. So again, you see that blue line really kind of there in March. The, the beginning of the year, we started to see a little bit of stair-stepping. Yeah. So it was like, okay, beginning of the year, typical seasonal softening, makes sense. And then it was, we really started to drop. I mean, you can see where that line dips there right at the beginning of the March, and that blue line really starts to fall, and it seems like it's almost accelerating. Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, you look at that chart, and you look, you see 2020 levels there in that orange line. Yep. And that start sharp decline after that panic buying surge of freight volumes that we saw to right. start March. Well, guess what? We're kind of on it. It's not the same trend line down, but it's right. definitely headed. We're going to cross over those 2020 levels yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, what is it? June, July, when we started to see early June, when we started to see freight volumes in 2020 start to ramp back up Absolutely. To, to where we were in throughout 2021. Exactly. Guess what? We're not that far away from that that crossover period. Exactly. And I I think that's really the question is, when does it happen? Does it happen in this month? Does it happen in July? That's really the question, right? Or or potentially later, right? You know, nobody ultimately knows. But the the reality is that those two lines, it's it from here. It's a matter of when. For reference, folks, that green line you see up top, that's 2021 volume levels. And that orange line, as Tony was describing, is 2020. So Again, very, very volatile there. We're still elevated, though. If you look at pre-pandemic levels, we are still elevated, okay? So, you know, a recession doesn't have to mean we have to go all the way back to where we started. It's simply, you know, uh, a correction of where we were, okay? So we were definitely overbought there, uh, but it definitely seems to be coming down. So, yeah, and it's 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 definitely going to be intriguing to see where, where it all ends up. But I think, you know, tender rejections are, are a great thing. It's great to look at those alongside capacity. So let's go ahead and pull up tender rejections just alongside this so we can go ahead and actually see, okay, if that's the demand side, we know demand is headed down. How is that impacting capacity? And that's what we have in front of us here. Um, you're probably looking at this chart being like, whoa, Luke, that's a little bit different from what we typically look at. And you're right, it is. But it's because there's, in a freight recession, not all pieces of the market are created equal. And that's what we want to display here. So that that red dip that you see there, that red line, this is over the last year, tender rejections for dry van, specifically daily drive-in tender rejections. So we're sitting right about 12% there as of this morning in the bottom right. For reference, that green line is flatbed. The reason why we, we don't have reefer up here is reefer is following the same trend as van right now. It's just has a slightly different number to it, but it's following the same trend. Flatbed, on the other hand, is up and to the right. So basically, as those tender rejections continue to fall, capacity is loosening. Carriers are less comfortable relying on the spot market to keep their trucks moving because the prices are going down. Therefore, they move their trucks to the contractor market. Um, Tony, give us a little context here. If van and reefer, which isn't charted, but specifically van is falling so much, why would flatbed, that green line, continue to go up? Well, when you think about the commodities that these haul, right? Van and reefer are heavily, more heavily skewed to the consumer than flatbed. Flatbed, heavier industrial construction, Uh, oil and gas, things like that, that's still booming. I mean, you look right. at industrial production, it's still accelerating. Construction spending, accelerating. Absolutely. Housing starts did take a little breather, but I mean, there's still such a backlog of builds. And a housing start just means broken ground. It doesn't yeah. mean that they've started bringing in the, the heavy equipment, things like that. So what you're seeing is just this difference in kind of the macro economy. The yeah. consumers shifting from goods back to services. I mean, that's going to be a trend, especially in the summer, as things really, we move past the pandemic and consumers want to go out and have these service, go travel, have these experiences. 
where they've been buying goods for the last two years. And guess what? It's kind of what we're seeing in this trend. And it's what you're seeing in the stock market. Yeah. Airline stocks are holding up better than those with exposure to, to freight. Yeah. So if you so since consumers are traveling more, if you had to go travel right now, and um, I'm going to on behalf of your boss Kevin, I'm, he he told me I could give you a month off, and you're going to get paid double for that month. Where would you go travel? Oh, that's a tough one. I really don't know. There's not any need an answer. Uh, the people want to know. I mean, if I had a month, I would wait. Doesn't First it have all, to be on the same place. I was going to say I'd wait, and I would go into Europe. Europe, when, okay. Formula One is making their rounds throughout the European that's right. uh, season. So yeah. that's where I would go for a month. That's a, that's, a, that's a great, great answer. Um, very exciting. And I'm sure the airline stocks and all those uh, restaurants would be happy to, to take your business. Oh, for sure. As well with the hotels. Um, great. Well, you know, it's, it's important to, so basically to summarize what we have so far, you know, really a freight recession as we defined two consecutive quarters of, def- of declining volumes. Q1 was declining year over year, approximately 12%. Now we're looking at Q2. If this trend continues by the end of the quarter, we will have a freight recession. Um, but again, doesn't mean everything's going to zero. And really, it's Van and Reefer leading that charge with flatbeds still remaining strong. So if you are in the flatbed market, congrats. So far, it seems like you're untouched by the declining or softening market. So congratulations. Um, the, the other question becomes, though, is, is really, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of questions of like, Luke, hey, this is just a short-term, short-term dip in volumes. You know, it's not here, it's not here to stay. Imports are, are still strong. And we've seen customs imports are actually up about 8% year over year. The problem with that, though, is what I, as I would say, is customs are a lagging indicator. Um, you know, and even if customs and, and imports and bookings still remain elevated, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that it's going to translate in truckload volume, correct? Yeah, it's not a one-to-one uh, transition. I mean, you're, you've got intermodal that is right now booming compared to the truckload market. But then you've also got, I mean, you think about the warehousing space and the warehousing levels and the the capacity on the warehousing side. Yeah. I mean, they're at the warehousing levels are at the highest level they've been ever. And guess what? What does I mean, that mean when warehousing level when warehouse inventory levels get really high? What does that mean? So I mean, I mean, shippers ordered a lot of things yep. in the past year. And guess what? Those things aren't moving through. So they're just sitting in these warehouses, right? Sure. So inventory levels, space available in warehouses is limited. Yeah. Guess what? Warehousing companies still make or charging rent on these inventories of things that aren't moving. Yeah. So the cost of holding that inventory becomes more expensive. Right. So you have all these factors going in. And I mean, ultimately, we're seeing bookings Still relatively strong. Right, relatively strong. Uh, I think that's the key to put into this. Relatively strong to where we've been for the last, compared right. to where we were pre-pandemic. Right. I mean, you look at where we were pre-pandemic and we're like double that still. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's it's almost like a hurry up and wait. Yeah, and, and then, see what happens. Yeah, see if we need that inventory. Bringing all the upstream effects are, so you're manufacturing overseas. Right. They're still ramping up demand, right? Yeah. Well, demand downstream, so closer to the consumer, is slowing. That leads to higher inventory levels because it takes, there's multiple links in the supply chain. It takes yeah. some time to get from the downstream, the upstream effects and the downstream effects to kind of balance each other out. That's a great point. Let's go ahead. There's a new index I want to I share with you all. 
And it's the Logistics Managers Index. Here it is right here. This is a Logistics Managers Index specific, specifically for inventory levels. This is, this is not a unique data set to, to Freightways, but it is one that we, we've partnered with a handful of universities, including University of Arizona and a few others who conduct this survey. So if you're familiar with the, the PMI index, this works the same way. Anytime this number is over, over that, over 50, it means that the, that inventory levels are increasing. In other words, people are storing more goods in warehouses, so there's less capacity. Anytime it's below 50, there is a shortage, meaning that there's, you know, not as much inventory in storage. So as of right now, you can see like that massive surge up pretty much since the very end of December and into the end of February there that hit 80 on the index. The easiest way to think of that is just the higher that number is, the less inventory space is because, or the less capacity there is because so much inventory has just been pushed into storage. Yeah, and and I think this chart really shows those that kind of over-ordering. Yeah. I mean, it's been above 50 for a while. And we've talked about yeah. it. I mean, you hear it cited by shippers constantly that inventory levels aren't there to keep up with sales, right? right? I mean, you look at the inventory to sales ratio, it, is at a, it was at a historic low. I would anticipate that's going to creep back up to yeah. where it should be. I mean, a more normal level, right? Not this... Right one month inventory to sales. I mean, correct. And that's, this is kind of what this is showing is that those inventory levels are accelerating the growth. I mean, that over ordering that happened, now it's, now it's just getting stored. It's Mm -hmm. not, there's not that pass through off to the consumer. Yeah, no, it's spot on there. So yeah, I mean, in, in, in summary so far, we've talked about a lot of things, right? So just to summarize, Truckload volumes are down about 12% year over year. With that, tender rejections are also falling significantly apart from flatbed. So congratulations if you're in flatbed. You should still be doing very well. But for the rest of those, it's still falling, which means that capacity has eased quite significantly. Not only has volumes fallen, but capacity is easing at an equally or more rapid rate along the way. And part of the reason for that is even though goods are still coming into the country, they're not being shipped. There's not demand to ship those, which is why inventory levels are so high. Um, one thing I want to talk about, though, is, you know, Craig Fuller, our CEO, uh, um, wrote an article that was published recently that talked about how, you know, let's say in, in worst case scenario that truckload volume levels do fall to the pre-pandemics. On one side of the qu- equation, you could say, well, you know what? It's not a net loss. We haven't lost anything. Volume levels, we had a nice run for two years almost. They've come back down to just where they were. Okay, back to business as usual. But Tony, that's is that really a fair assumption to make? Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things we've added so much capacity, yeah, to basically cover the volumes that we have. That if we do go back to pre-pandemic levels, even I mean, it's going to be it's going to be rough. It's yeah. going to be a rough run, and I think that's what the next six to nine months is going to be really telling yeah. of like wh- where are we in a cycle? I mean, we talk about this the transportation markets as this boom and bust cycle, especially yeah. truckload, right? These three-year boom and then bust. And it's, now I think the difference in this is the length of it. I mean, right. we look at how hot the market's been. It's been hot since, what, June of 2020 when we started to ramp yeah. up? So, I mean, that's, what, 20 months yeah. or so? I mean... Not a bad cycle. No, not when you think of a as a three-year cycle, typically, where you're 18 yeah. months, you've got say, nine, 12 months up, and then you've got these transit and 12 months down, but then you've got the 12 months, six transition up and six down, right? Yeah. Well, we are then at 20 months up. 
Yeah. So not even ways. not even climbing, just up. up. Yeah, it, I think that's yeah. what's been the just most interesting up. part is like the volatility really hadn't set in in the freight market. Yeah. I mean, you look at volume levels, they've been pretty flat at these elevated levels. Tender rejections have been sliding, but that's a lot of it was due to contract rates. Yeah. I mean, you look at what contract rates have done over the past year, it kind of explains why tender rejections were coming down in this trend line. Right. But now we've seen that acceleration of the trend down lower. Right. Down, I mean, down under 13%, which right. if you would have told me that a couple months ago, I would have said no way. I mean, that that's fast. Yeah. The end of 2019, tender rejections were higher than where they are now. I mean, let's yeah. think about that for a minute. Now, granted, contract rates are much higher now than they were then. So, but that acceleration, it's not like, oh, they are just sitting at this level. Like, I... I think we're going to be under 10% really soon. I really do. I, I just don't think there's anything slowing it down. I think that's, that's the thing. What's going to stop it at this point? And it's not to say that makes me sound like the whole world's burning down. It's not. Eventually, it will stop. It's yeah. just, you know, what? Where, where is that point? Just just want to go ahead and throw this um, this next, because you talked about there's new, a lot of new drivers in the market. And this chart is over the last year, year on the right side of that screen is how many new uh, uh, new tractors have entered the market. So that's both, you know, existing fleets. That's both brand new fleets. The green line on the left, on the left axis there is how many new fleets have entered. So it's a combination of, of existing carriers adding trucks to the market, but also a lot of new fleets have entered the market as well. So there's a lot of brand new capacity that was never there before, not just from like a truck perspective, but from just brand new businesses. Cause that barrier to enter the truckload market is fairly low and that is going to continue to and that's why you don't want to go back to pre-pandemic volume levels because there's so many more trucks there. And there, there's a lot more a lot more mouths to feed in the industry now than there was two years ago. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that chart itself explains it. I mean, it's yeah. like we've, that growth in the for hire market has just accelerated. Very much so. And if there's not enough freight to go around, yeah. the people that got in that don't know how to handle a downturn are the yeah. ones that are going to ultimately be hurt. And also, let's remember, a lot of the folks who got in more recently, they're even if they're even if they're buying used trucks, a three-year-old used truck price is around one hundred and forty thousand dollars right now. A year and a half ago, it was about seventy thousand. Yeah. So their costs have gone way up, and everybody's costs, insurance costs is up, fuel is obviously up. If you're in the contract world, you might fare slightly better there than if you're running in the spot market. Um, but you know, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be going to be interesting to see where it turns out. I'm sure shippers are going to enjoy the softening. They should do fairly well. Certain parts of the market are still still pretty tight, though. Certain parts of the market are still pretty tight. Not all markets or regions of the country are created equal. Let's be very clear about that. And we'll take a look at that in a minute. I do not want to be very clear because when we, when, we, when we talk about this recession, the softening is happening. And, and as we've seen in the data, right, everything points towards this continued softening. There's, there's not any indicator that it's going to slow down, at least in the immediate future. But some parts of the freight world are, are, are actually faring pretty well, right? Intermodal yeah. is one of those. Let's go ahead and throw this chart up. Here, Tony, um, and I, I want you to kind of explain this a little bit. Let's see when once they get the chart up there, it's going to show truckload volumes, which we've already seen, but it's going to compare that to intermodal volume. So um, uh, let's go ahead. There yeah. it is, right there. So blue line is truckload volume over the last year, as of this morning. We've already seen that. The orange line there is domestic intermodal volume over the same time period. So Tony, what are we looking at? What does this mean? Yeah, I mean, what brought me to this chart was obviously you look at the transportation stocks mm-hmm. getting. They've been beat up basically over yeah. the last six, seven days. I looked at JB Hunt, who's a very big intermodal player, and was like, yeah. "All right, what? Explain." I was like trying to find an explanation why they were down seventeen. Per- the company was down seventeen percent 
in a yeah. week. And I looked at this and it was like, a lot of their revenue comes from the intermodal side. It's close and, to half, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's like 45% yeah. comes from domestic intermodal, not truckload. Right. I looked at it, domestic loaded intermodal volumes, and they're, I mean, they're up year over year. Yeah, year over right? year, definitely up. And then you look at contract rates on the intermodal side, they're up like 12%. So it's like what the intermodal side is faring better. And a lot of that has to do with the timeliness of intermodal. I mean, yeah. when goods don't need to be to market as fast, right? You can sacrifice the service that a truck provides for the lower cost intermodal option. And that's, that seems to be what's happening, right? I mean, there's still freight moving. Yeah. Like that hasn't slowed down necessarily. I mean, even though we've seen inventories up, that freight, I mean, you look at inventory space, especially in like in LA, right. it's effectively sold out. So it's got to go elsewhere. Right. So, I mean, to me, this just shows that shippers are kind of flexing that optionality to shift modes, which yeah. in a market like this, and when that freight doesn't have to be on the shelves immediately, they're able to do it. Yeah. So basically what you're saying, not financial advice, of course, but the recent 17% dip may not be completely justified. So it could be a nice discount buying opportunity at JB Hunter. Not financial advice, of course. Yeah, I'm I'm not putting anything. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it we got like a new a, Jim Cramer here, folks. No, I'm teasing. We're totally it was, teasing. It was just more of like a, more of a thought. A, just a why, why is something that should be performing so yeah. well getting beat up yeah. harder than some of the yeah. other com- the other yeah. exposure that some other companies yeah. have. We're not Jim Cramer. We're going to leave the stock picks, stock picks to that guy, right? You know, who never gets one wrong. Um, I do want to point out, though, first off, take a quick break here talking freight. Uh, if a great, speaking of freight, you know, there's going to be a great event coming up that we're hosting here at Freightways, you know, so just kind of a little promotional plug here real quick. Um, May 9th and 10th in Northwest Arkansas, we have the future of supply chain. What I love about this freight event, though, um, is that it's going to be so heavily focused on technology. And technology is going to be a big part of helping a lot of folks get through I think parts of the recession, especially some of those smaller, smaller guys there, you're going to be able, the big dogs are going to be there, right? JB Hunt's going to be there. A lot of shippers are going to be there too. Tyson Foods is speaking at the event. You know, Nestle speaking at the event. Um, you know, you've got you know Shep is speaking at the event. There's going to be a lot of great, a lot of great folks there. Um, Tony and I are going to be there, of course. You know, I'll be holding down the bar, but um, it's going to be a great event. Very excited for it. And I think this will be a great time to put some of the smartest minds in transportation together in one place at one event. And, you know, it's about a month from now. It'll be interesting to see where the market comes. But I think by that point, a lot of folks, even if you were kind of immune to the softening so far, you won't be by then. So it'll be really interesting to see how folks are faring. I think it'll be great to hear some ideas from some of the folks with boots on the ground. Yeah, I think I think it's going to lead to a lot of discussions where we, yeah. we've started talking about this now. And then we're going to have another month of data yeah. kind of... Does it support where we were going? Or, I mean, that's the good thing about data is like you can, there's a why behind your thought process. And absolutely, guess what? It gives you those action, actionable insights like, okay, maybe, bang, I've got a why. And I mean, that's what people talk about all the time. I need to know my why. Gotta have my why, right? Guess what? This is a why. Yeah. Uh, it, it's one thing, right? Price is one thing, right? Everybody talks about truckload rates and, and I'm a, I'm a big believer truckload rates are very important. We talk about this a lot, but they're always reactive. It's always, you know, rates are nothing more than like an advertising mechanism to either say we need capacity or we don't. If you knew which way capacity was going to go before then, now you've got something. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's economics 101. Pricing is a sub or is a 
byproduct of supply and demand. Yeah. It doesn't set supply and demand. Yeah. As much as everybody talks about it setting supply and demand, supply and demand set what the price is. Every be. time. Yeah. Every time. There's there's so much more we could talk about. We're running out of time here. Time here for the show. Um, you know, the the beauty of this is that you know even though the market is softening and and every indicator pours towards we're entering a freight recession, apart from the flatbed folks. There's, there's still money to be made. And it's, you know, um, there, there's still opportunities out there. Whether you're a shipper, you're going to have great opportunities for cost savings. If you're a carrier, there's still opportunities to work in the market and position your trucks in places. Somebody always needs those trucks. So, you know, there's a lot of great stuff that to, to happen out there. We're very excited. Um, you know, hopefully kind of leave us some feedback as well. You know, what are you seeing? How are you, how are you positioning yourself in the market, you know, given this time? What are you doing to prepare um, or take advantage depending on you know, which side of the aisle you're on. But anyways, Tony, it's been a fantastic episode. Thank you for joining. Always love to hear some of your your uh, your knowledge on what's happening. Folks, we'll see you uh, next Wednesday. Actually, I'm sorry. I believe we're off next Wednesday for the event. So we'll see you the following Wednesday, live 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Wisdom Owner. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Mm-hmm.